Wow. Welcome. Hello, Craig. What an idol. What a champion. Except for last week, apparently. No, yeah. that wasn't Craig's fault. That wasn't that was Craig's Discord. fault. That was Discord's oh, fault. And Craig is a perfect angel. Sorry. <laughs> All right. In this well, house, we stand, Craig. Thanks okay. a lot to whoever fucked up the first episode where I had a prominent speaking role. Thank you for that, Discord. I know. Yeah. I know. I felt really, I, I, you know, it was such a good episode. I feel bad for a lot of reasons. Personally, I think that Elon Musk was involved. Um, so I would just like to take this time to say, fuck Elon Musk. You ruined our podcast. <laughs> that is the official stance of this podcast. Fuck Elon Musk. Yes. It is. What a big um, old asshole. I know. And- Anyway, welcome to Malwasement, a podcast where we allegedly review beer. Um, I'm Nathan. I'm Elliot. I'm Cass. I'm Mike. And this week, uh, Abby couldn't make it, but we do have a very special guest. You should reintroduce yourself. Oh, oh crap! Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought you were gonna build me up, but no. I, yeah, my name is Zach. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I just figured that you could you could you could say whatever you want for your interview. Oh, my name is Zach. Uh, I've been a longtime friends with uh, a lot of the people on this podcast. Um, ex- longest uh, Abigail, um, who, he, who recruited me to do this. Yes, uh, Zach has a uh, a rather a, a, a storied history and a and an alleged rivalry, just like how this is allegedly a beer podcast, an alleged rivalry. <laughs> With uh, Elliot, um, but we'll, allegedly, we'll, allegedly, I, I, I assume that we're going to get into that. I assume oh. it's going to. It might come up I, in yeah, passing yes. or actively. It will come up. Maybe. Um, so this week we are reviewing, as recommended by Zach, uh, Angry Orchard Hard Cider. Now I have the crisp apple flavor. Same. I'm not sure if anybody else got like different flavors, but I figured that I just get the standard Angry Orchard. Apple yeah, I picked the one. standard as well. Though I did see a peach mango that was available. That yeah, was they they good. recently released cans, and now it's they don't even call it they call it like fruit cider in front really? of it because so they can use different fruits now. Yeah. Huh. Well, I got green apple. No. Oh, the one that. T- oh wait, I can't say anything yet. I don't want to be. Yeah, don't don't yet. color yeah, my don't, opinion. No, I don't want to do that. Never, never. <laughs> I'm I'm famous for not having opinions on things. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh. mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I also got the crisp apple for the record. <laughs> we don't uh, have a on this podcast. Never. Um, does everybody want to drink when I count down? Oh, yeah. uh, wait, I, let me. Jam's not open yet. Okay. There we go. I love Angry Orchard, so I, I'm excited. I'm pumped. Okay, you ready? Got it. All right. Ready. So I'll, uh, I'll count down. <laughs> Uh, three, two, one. Mm, tastes like college. Wait, you don't like Angry Orchard? What, did I hear okay. a cough? Sorry. Sorry, I'm not going to get into it until we finally start talking about the beer at the end. But I just want to say that it, it, tastes, it tastes good. It's yeah, I, good. I really uh, like this, actually. I, I like might actually... Least- uh-oh. I might actually drink the whole six pack of this. Yeah, I know, right? It's, I, I fucking love it. It's so good. Um, anyway. What do you think, Baird? Baird, what, no, we'll talk about it later. Mm, well, yeah. well I, I'm so, oh, my apologies. Oh my gosh. I'm so, 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 so. Gotta work all the time. 
Um, we will we will loop around to this. Um, I feel like normally I have like some preliminary topics to talk. Uh, actually, I do. I was about to say that we should probably just get into the main event, the reason why we're all here. But um, there is one thing. Uh, Abby, who is uh, of course in absentia, asked me to bring this up. This was something that was brought up on the last episode, which we're now going to call the Lost episode. And I'm sure stuff from that episode will like trickle out because you know. We talked about a lot of cool things, mainly Spider-Man. 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 But, uh... So you guys know that um, Domino's is bringing back the noise. No! I don't want to talk about the noise! We are going to talk about the brutally murdered. Why? Gotta avoid the noise. Um, and actually, like some... Yes, let's avoid the noise by not talking about it! Wasn't I there like a the... dude that like took somebody hostage? And, yes. Like, well, that's why about the noise... They got rid of it. Allegedly. Yeah, that's where they got rid of it. Allegedly. It, uh, uh, fine. Allegedly. Our favorite word on the podcast. Allegedly. Like, allegedly it's like allegedly McDonald's got rid of the supersize because the supersize thing. But they're like, no, nah, we, did, we didn't do that. It was just happened to work that way. Allegedly, McDonald's got rid of the clowns because of crown people. Crown. Clown people. Clown people. Clown people. Well, honestly, who actually likes clowns? Yes, be I don't know. I made I made a lot of very lovely clowns on Twitter. There's this place uh, in like, Iowa called the Clown Motel, and it has like all clown decor. <laughs> apparently, like it's very highly rated on TripAdvisor. Like people I mean, think that like it's like a very very nice place to stay, but it's out in fucking like middle. What is clown Iowa. decor? Like pictures of clowns and like clown themed walls. Oh, I thought it was like just all like circus. Like it was like no, a circus. It, it's specifically clowns. Like it's you have to trap these to your bed. Um, maybe uh, you know it would really be clown decor, like a bed that's really, really small that you're supposed to pack a whole bunch of people into. That's clown. Decor, right? And when you that try to turn great. off the like side lamp, it squirts you in the face. Mm -hmm. Or like if you get like an individual, like a one person room, you get a giant bed. But if you get like a three person room, it's like a smaller bed as you get higher. Yeah, I want a clown sized bed. I think that'd be all like I think that there's like a niche market for this, you know. Maybe maybe this is the, the next big startup clown furniture, you know? So I thought you were gonna go with like a uh hotel crossed with a um what are those things called where you get locked in a room that's a figure way out? Oh, oh, escape, oh room. escape room. Escape rooms? Yeah, you know, clown escape room. <laughs> let's let's in a partner, hotel. Let's partner with the clown motel to make the first clown or the first Maoismensch um, <laughs> sponsored escape room it'll be clown themed and there will be a lamp that squirts you in the face when you turn it on hell yeah uh, all the lamps will do that except yeah. one and you'll and can I be escaping <laughs> bring your ponchos this um, sounds like a very fucked up and evil saw movie honestly like like a maybe a PG Saw movie. Yeah, is yeah. this more than the Saw movies where people get their legs cut off and shit? Yes. It's, Saw kids. it's like that Saw Quotes Twitter account that posts all the uh, great Oh my god. I don't I, know that one. Yeah, I don't uh, know that one. It's it's really good. It's uh, do you know like the Duke Nukem quotes Twitter account that posts yeah. all the out of character? It's like that, but for a jigsaw. Damn, I need to get following these things. I just follow yeah. Some Twitter account the other day. 
Oh, do tell Cass what what Twitter account did you follow? Uh, it was, I think it was one that you retweeted. It was the one for with the guy from Sopranos making like uh, comments about. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I I've never seen the Sopranos, but I thought it was funny. It's a good show, and I'm not even into gangsters and stuff, but it's a good show. Oh, I'm into gangsters. I really like uh, I really like nihilist Arby's. That's uh, that's a good one. I fucking I forgot about nihilist Arby's. Actually, I haven't like I feel like I, I haven't seen a nihilist Arby's post in a while. I know I this is definitely a non sequitur, but am I the only one that ever saw the movie Shoot 'Em Up? I was just no, I saw the movie. I, I saw that movie, movie too. Incredibly. That movie's incredible. Uh, I think it's amazing. I don't. I feel like I want to rewatch it nowadays and see how how I've developed. Yeah, it's certainly been a while. She's like getting breastfed. That's my that's my wife. That's my wife. I'm sorry. Would your wife also like to join us on the podcast? Shout out to his family. I can finally say that, and it means exactly what I'm saying. Shout out to his family. So I have fans. I just remember that movie was insane, and like Paul Giamatti was just disgusting and awful, and it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, he certainly like. He gropes a dead woman's breast at one point. Oh yeah, damn, uh, it does happen. Well, I think the, I think it's really encapsulated by how like the first scene where you're introduced to him, he's like buying a card for his son's birthday, and it's like this incredibly graphic like sex joke Porno, card. You're right. That's right. He's like, how old is mm. your son anyway? Like twenty something. It's like, now nah, he's he's like he's like he's like seven. I remember the scene <laughs> where they uh a bunch of like gunmen come in to shoot them up and they're like in the middle of having sex and they don't stop and they keep like intercutting between like the throes of passion and him blowing somebody up with a gun it's just works okay but is it nicholas cage killing demons with a shotgun while having sex and pounding scotch well which one is that that's Man. uh that's uh drive angry, drive angry. oh my yeah. god you talk about my favorite nicholas cage movie bad lieutenant yeah. where he sees oh my in a god car. that's also your favorite nicholas cage movie yeah, Wait, which one is I, bad lieutenant that movie is so awesome that bad lieutenant is and also and also horrible and also very well made it is awful it is so good it is awfully terribly great no, I think that is like a genuinely I, I, fantastic no, movie, but the I, I character so in it is I, is despicable. Yeah, I, I'm with yeah, it is I really like that movie. Oh, I don't dislike it. It's just a movie that can be some like until Nicolas Cage go passes the point where he goes to over the top anger. It's pretty dark, and then it's just like, oh, now I'm in this new place. Nicholas head Cage headspace. I'm ready. Why are these iguanas doing on my coffee table? I need to watch so many Nicolas Cage movies. I'm ashamed to call myself oh. a Nicolas Cage fan. When we'll, I uh, we'll, we'll, we'll set you right. Don't worry. Do we have to say when we're on our second one? What Wasn't there a Nicolas Cage movie where, like, he's the Witcher? That is uh, Season of the Witch. Yes. Oh, yeah. That movie is more boring than it should be. It is. Not enough. Because it's Cage being serious, which is Cage at his worst. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman. Like, it's like a road trip movie where they're escorting a quote-unquote witch across the country, and it's like, oh, it's not not entirely clear if she's a witch or not. So it's like Nick Cage is like contemplating, like, "Mm, am I doing the right thing? And it's just just like, oh no, that sounds like it has so much potential. So I'm really just just saying it made Ron Perlman boring. 
which is like wow. legitimately yeah, exactly. honestly it's so impressive it's worth seeing but not enough to like suffer through it yeah so not anyway. only not only does it make ron perlman boring it makes ron perlman in like basically a buddy cop movie but they're both knights with nicholas cage boring <laughs> That that is a fucking shitty director. Who Uh, made that movie? uh, Whose decisions were made? Yeah. Um. We came right, but we came right up to it, and we didn't do it. I'm happy about it, dude. I I'm done with this thing. I fucking drank. I know. I know. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm on my second one. So speaking of good of good question mark movies or at least going back to sopranos speaking of hbo prestige television oh god we're just gonna get into it yeah i mean no point in fucking waiting around okay so basically for those who are not in the know which is probably most of you um this podcast is of actually you would know this if you listen to the rorschach episode this podcast is vehemently vehemently anti hbo watchman okay i'm only slightly anti hbo watchman i I will change that for you yeah i'm pro i've only heard the gist of your um complaints and I'm i'm a pro i'm a pro hbo watchman every time we put elliot and zach in the same room which has happened once, know, like, once it's happened twice uh really i think it's happened twice it might have happened twice maybe it's only happened once but anyways when we put them in the same room fucking like you know it's it's gonna be a bloodbath and so we okay. gotta have that bloodbath right here right now for your viewing pleasure um listening pleasure uh so i'm going to uh I guess I'm gonna leave it to uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Elliot you know the benefit here Elliot if, unless you would like to defer do you want to start by talking about HBO Watchmen I think we so, should I, I think we should have more relationship to the comic like I like we I've like I, what's your relationship to the comic Um I fucking love the comic Same. you know it's great yeah, I, I think it's I think it's great Do you think it has issues? Absolutely. Okay, um, yeah. I mean, I. Uh, I mean, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I'm sure that there are things that it doesn't handle. Yeah. Super well, having been written in the '80s by a white man. I mean, not just any white man, a wizard, Scottish or is it Irish? I just remember it's Grant Morrison and hate each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're both wizards. Which there's nothing quite as United Kingdom as two wizards from different parts of the United Kingdom hating each other for no reason. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. When you say wizard, you just yeah, mean what that they, mean? they look no, like I, Gandalf. They no, believe they are, they are chaos wizards. wizards. So, like, for example, Grant Morrison in his Invisibles comic believes that he was casting a chaos magic spell with the creation and publication of his work for people to read. It, it's actually a very, very interesting, like, philosophical, I'm not going to mm-hmm. say it's a religious concept, but I have a book on chaos, chaos magic. Because um, um, when Just I... pausing real quick, I'm sorry. Um, Grant Morrison actually came out as non-binary recently, so their oh. pronouns are they, them now. Oh, I did not know that. Thank you. Did not they know them. that either. Okay. Um, yes. Anyway, uh, I have a book 
on um, Chaos Magic that I bought after because I took a course in college on fucking ancient Egyptian magic, um, which I'd like to say, you know, I've tried casting several of the magics from that book uh, with varying results. Um, but it did get me into chaos magic. And I think it's really, really fascinating. It's, it's, it's real will to power shit, which I, I love. Very. Yeah. From what the limited about I've read about it, which is basically through like the podcast, uh, like through po some podcasts, it, it's an interesting concept, at least on a conceptual level, even if I don't necessarily, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Oh, okay. Uh, it's basically the idea that like you willing and believing something can make it happen. Like in the most broadest sense, it's a very kind of like Nietzschean kind of like making the world what you want it. Mike, do you remember a meme magic? So, so it's bullshit. Do you, no. Do you remember <laughs> well, 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 well. Do you remember it, meme magic? Yes and no. What is when, meme magic? When it was when 4chan accidentally willed into existence the powers of an ancient Egyptian chaos frog deity by posting a whole bunch of Pepe shit. Yeah, um, it, 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 it was became a whole an embodiment of a new thing. It's kind but of it, it's it's the embodiment of chaos magic, right? Me magic is just chaos magic. It's probably it's basically you viewing the world in such a way that you can. It, this is more my cynical read. Like, it's halfway between what you said, Mike. It's both bullshit, but it's also a fun thought experiment that can give you a lot of validity and like sense of control in your life. Okay, I'm fine with this shit as long as people just acknowledge that it is bullshit. Because <laughs> there is uh, no such thing as fucking magic, people. Let's uh, let's steer away from that. Let's steer away from that one. I, I'm just gonna say that. Um, Chaos magic is great for a narcissist like me because I already want to believe that I can uh, affect the course of human history. And now, right. you know, I have a whole system that reinforces that. Look, I'm sorry. It's just something that I have been instilled in me is to be just very skeptical about anything that sounds like bullshit. So no. astrology that's bullshit. Uh, oh, that is bullshit. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna burn some bridges right now. Astrology, bullshit. Any kind of adaptation to that, that's bullshit. I don't give a shit if you're a rising moon bullshit Libra. I, I'm, I'm gonna go with you. You that. can yeah, have yeah. fun I with this I, I, stuff, I, I, but you have now, to acknowledge that it's not it's, but, fucking real. Right. Yeah, no, that's like the line I have. Like, I think it's fine to actually go into these thought experiments, have fun in it, let your imagination run wild. But when it becomes like you're using it to like abuse and like belittle people and like target them, it's like okay, 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 it's not a game anymore. This is not real. I, I am a, but I am a Leo, and we are naturally skeptical. So, my, you're a Leo. My college yes. education. Has... Yeah, you are, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> know. Uh, I just I literally just remembered your birthday, not not like. Oh, I'm October thirty first. That's Scorpio. What are they known for? I mean, <laughs> you're we, a Scorpio, any, right? Isn't that a Halloween? Uh, you're um, sad sometimes, do, but do also you're happy to... sometimes. No, Scorpio means you're a fucking demon. Oh, is, this, <laughs> is that is that based on the actual reading or based on my opinion of HBO's Watchmen? I was about to make that. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's just what everybody who cares about astrology says about Scorpios. Um, do we have any astrologers in the chat? Oh, uh, we probably should do an astrology reading. Okay? Does anybody want to like claim it after we just like? I don't you think know, you can do an astrology reading because you kind of just um, 
Well, I can't talk for a second. All right, we're good. Um, All those angry nope, never mind. Cars, man. Fucking cars. Anyway, okay. I just want to say that I'm a Pisces. <laughs> yeah. You would be. I don't know what that means. I What I love to do is when people tell me their zodiac signs, I love to say, like, oh, yeah, of course you are. As if yeah. I know what that means. <laughs> really? Exactly. No one's going to check you because no one, like, unless you're like, what? you meet somebody that really knows, and then that's like a good sign to be like, oh, I got to get away from this person. That, that's <laughs> the whole thing about it is um, because they ran a study where they just, uh, like, they had a whole bunch of people, like, read the same um, horoscope, right? Like, mm -hmm. the, the same, like, horoscope reading, right? No, and, I, like, some, yeah. like, statistically significant number of the people all said, oh, yeah, that definitely applies to me. But it wasn't, like, their horoscope. It was just, like, the one for Leo, like, from that day. No, right? I, I remember because something similar to this because it's, like, he took, it was, like, a, it was, like, a college professor or something. And he, like, distributed everybody, like, a specific horoscope for yeah. them. He's, like, he, like, asked them what their, like, zodiac sign was and gave them all a horoscope for that sign. And then he asked the class, like, how many of you, uh, like, identify with this reading of your personality and it's from the horoscope? And, like, 90 or so percent of them, like, raised their hands. And he's like, okay, now give that horoscope to the person to your left. And then they all realize that they that all of the horoscopes said exactly the same thing. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think there's like a central it's the same thing as the Myers Briggs thing. The Myers Briggs thing is a little bit uh, different because uh, it's uh, made by like fucking phrenologists or some shit um, who are mega racist and yeah. I mean, it so. has a lot of reasons why it's not good. I mean, for me, it's mainly the idea, like, I guess, again, I like it in the same way where I like astrology, where, like, it helps give people an idea and a structure to kind of look at and view themselves in their life. That's important. Yeah. But as far as looking at it as anything scientific or, like, based on anything, like, you could take a Myers-Briggs test every other week and it could change. It doesn't mean anything. Everyone Was Myers-Briggs really made by phrenologists? I don't think they were phrenologists. Specifically, it but they but it's the same level of BS like science. It's yeah, not yeah. science. Yeah. I don't think they were actually phrenologists. I think even by the 1950s, that had gotten mostly out of style. Yeah. I I um phrenologist was the first word that I can think of. Um, I mean, it's a good word. Everyone needs but, to know that that used to be an actual thing until like less than a hundred years ago. I, yeah. I, I love phrenologist as an insult, so I'm fine either way. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. yeah, like my hack scientist. Yeah, let's just use that phrenologist. Phrenologist. I also don't know why I was like uh Myers Briggs on uh Google and the thing that came that uh, popped up under the thing it says Atticus Finch, Sam Winchester, Elizabeth Bennett, and Tadashi Hamada from I'm like fucking Sam Winchester. Um, okay, so well, I'm sorry, oh. I got completely off topic there. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah sorry, sorry. Uh, HBO Watchmen. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh right. So I, I, I was gonna say one more thing on Myers Briggs, but we can get okay. Both good. Back. Um, did you guys know that my college picked like the entire freshman halls? on campus via Myers-Briggs type. No, but that absolutely does not fucking surprise me. So, basically... What, um, what kind of college did you go to? Was it I went fucking to Davidson? Oh, that actually... So, basically, the freshman halls were organized by Myers-Briggs. And um, I am, apparently, an ENTP. 
um, which I don't know if I was uh, put in with a whole bunch of other ENTPs or if I was just put in with a whole bunch of like E something Ps, right? But my hall was entirely composed of like three people who were pretty close to me in personality who actually ended up being people who I hung out with the whole time and frat bros. That was it. That was the whole hall. The halls were a fucking mess at Davidson because they were all organized by like the same personality type, but that or Myers Briggs personality type. But that doesn't mean that the people in the halls necessarily fucking click together, you know? Like yeah. if any most like of those people who are the idea same, to do that. Most of the people who are the same Myers Briggs type fucking hate each other. But the, yeah, it's also like, not a take them more than once. I mean, again, you can change. They change all the time. Like, there's a reason why even all the uh, psychi like professional doctorates that like are on the board, none of them like reference it in any of their research because they don't want to be like officially associated. But they just <laughs> on it. It makes them money. It makes a bunch of money for them. Yeah. Right. Okay. But that's just what so, I wanted to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just like your school now. That, that, that brings your school down a peg. That's not. That's just like I roll. Oh, I'll 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 bring Davidson down a peg. <laughs> Davidson is stupid. So my experience with uh, Watchmen is that I remember reading the original comic. I think I now when I was in high school, and I just have it on my shelf, and I kind of like reread it from every now and again because it's just like a very very well told story, and it's very. Uh, self-contained which i really like about it uh, i never watched the hbo series but i did read like i did watch like a breakdown video of like a lot of the themes in it and basically everything that happens in it uh <laughs> not you i'm just his his long assertive sigh Kurt and i have like... and i have absolutely no interest in actually watching it oh i mean good I, I think, think it's, it's a good show. show. With uh, with special shout outs to Elliot, who is very much discouraged me <laughs> from watching it. I can imagine the uh, pressures of not wanting to engage. There was only one thing about HBO Watchmen that I uh, ironically liked. And um, that is shout outs to its soundtrack. I actually did really like it. Yeah. Because it's fucking Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross um, from Nine Inch Nails. Who yeah, they nailed it. Always uh, do wonderful get soundtrack. It. Get it? Oh, uh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Trent Reznor did the soundtrack. Is that what you heard? Uh, sorry, that's just the quote from one of my favorite uh, Game Grumps bits. Um... So I don't I don't know where to begin on. Um... So I'll give my I I really like the book. It was one of those big formative books of comics that I was reading that really made me love comics. So like again, I love it. I reread it many times. I one of those people that like look out for articles about it, read about it, read things, read about all the background drama and like it's a book I really like. Uh, I didn't. I really enjoyed Snyder's. Uh, I didn't think it was perfect. A lot of issues, <laughs> but it was a. It, it I think it worked as a movie, even not necessarily if it was did work as a Watchmen adaptation, and it certainly wasn't as important as the book. I really liked the TV series. 
I think that's where you I'm feeling like we're very similar in a lot, but I I enjoyed it. I kind of forgot that. Okay. Was good. Yeah. Yeah. You probably should. good. You should. Yeah, it has a lot, especially it. the biggest thing is that um, it wants you to not just empathize, but agree. It, it portrays Roshak as the hero. Um. Yeah, like it's very... elements. Yeah, they cut out elements like like the uh, what is it? The new frontiersman, the article, like the paper that like he eventually drops his notebook off with. It yeah. portrays them as like a crusading yeah. journalist kind of thing. While in the comic, they're literally just like Breitbart, but in the nineteen eighties, they're, uh, they're bad. I'm not sure if I would go that far. What I remember is that it's just kind of like an end note stinger thing, and it's like it's a little unclear whether or not they'll even use well paper. no Rorschach well, no. does read the new frontiersman like yeah. it is the and only it, newspaper that he reads yeah no and, and, but it, and that's i don't well because well, that's a point of, my only thing is so for in the comic there's like a lot more detail put on the fact that the comic is a right-winged rag like they okay yeah like in like the side material and the extra material they do a lot of effort um little touches like hollis mason also reads it a lot which is an i think an interesting little touch on his character um but like it's you know, I mean, it is much... it is the only like newspaper published in the Watchmen timeline that's still supportive of but, heroes. Right? Yeah, but it's but it, yeah, it is, but it's also like in a very as Alan Moore is a lot of thing. Considering Alan Moore was trying to make fun of a lot of the right wing objectivist uh, insanity of Steve Ditko, creator of Spider Man, yeah. uh, that he was kind of like bastardizing that a lot. So Frontiersman, I think that, anyway, which I also think was a clever thing. Jumping the series, I thought it was clever making the Rorschach drills instead of something of like crusading that would have come out, making it into like a er text for white supremacists. Yeah, um, and that's what I will. Okay, number one, one thing I want to say before we like really get into this one, mm -hmm. Zach. No matter what I might say, um, I promise that I still respect you and love you as a friend um Same. and i think that you are an intelligent person probably um, Same. Uh, I, i'm gonna say you are <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know and, it's no it's good when you start with that yeah now, right. now we can now we can just, like, go brutal uh, second so um i i there are parts of the show that i really like and despite my reputation um i do think that using rorschach as um like the bible kind of the Rorschach journals as a bible for a white supremacist group i think that's genius i think that's one of the few good ideas that this show has so if we want to do like why don't i say things i do not like about it I'll, I I'll, I'll, mo it. I'll moderate this i'll moderate okay. this i'll also yeah. keep you guys from like okay like talking over each other and going going on too far because we do still have to come in i'm gonna get another angry orchard time. and i'm gonna I'm also gonna crack angry. open yet another angry orchard so oh, yeah. i guess i'll we'll get start third. Back, say a thing and then we'll actually okay. um sorry i'm gonna go get another angry orchard <laughs> okay well it's in so that good. case while we wait Damn, I did have something to say to talk about while we wait, but now I've, I've, I've totally forgotten it. Oh, what a comic um, you've been reading? I uh, I just want to say because it's probably not going to come up. Um, I uh, I real well, actually, it might come up. I really, really hated the uh, what I thought viewed as a real bastardization of Fight's character, but I really, really appreciated his uh, his taste in old school reggae. So, um, you know, 
there's uh there's a lot of give and take there. I really well, like the aesthetics of Vite working. We can we can talk about the goods and the bad, but I do want to say, like, I heard that you mentioned earlier you finally read the Demon in the Bottle arc for Iron yeah. Man. Yes, I did. It wasn't good. It it was here's the thing, it was like I, I I hadn't read this and I had heard for a long time that this was like a seminal Iron Man story, right? And I like it's I'm not like an seminal. Iron Man reader, okay? Um I don't know anybody who is. <laughs> um and there I know that any. Iron Man doesn't have like a lot of great arcs, but like I expected something like, oh wow, this was like a turning point, like especially under the comics code, that yeah. this story like really like paved the way forward. And I guess I ex I kind of hyped it up more than it actually was because it doesn't really touch on his alcoholism all that much. He just kind of handles it in like, you know, three fourths of one issue and then bam, you know, problem solved on to the next story next month, which was yeah. just not what I wanted. Most of it was just kind of standard superhero fare, except Tony Stark has like three martinis. Damn, that's kind of fucking boring. I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, this to be fair, that is ninety percent of all Iron Man comics. It's it's amazing how he was like the reason why like Marvel Studios didn't really expect Iron Man to get off is because then he never caught on. And that's partially because Marvel was like, oh, people don't like when we make Captain America a commie buster, but nobody minds if we do it with Tony Stark. And as a result, just aged, all of his old stories are just really bad anti-communist nothing fluff and then like his most iconic story like you said is i guess i never read it but like you said is pretty much a wet fart yeah yeah well okay but now that elliot's back uh Jack, okay. you can make your first point i think okay so i do not think it's perfect i definitely think there are issues but i really enjoyed um lindelof and his writing team taking an on a like taking a massive swing and recontextualizing a lot of the world's elements to frame the story around uh, racism and, like, you know, uh, its trauma. Um, even if it doesn't necessarily always 100% pay off on all those themings, I thought it was a very interesting and intriguing use of its characters and world to make something prescient for the time, in the same way that the comic was. Um, and that, like, you know, a lot of Alan Moore's theming and reason for doing it, like, having released in the 80s. A lot of that, his like you know critiques of Nixon, very much embodied his like critiques of Thatcher. Um, I, I just thought it was an interesting um, rejiggering of a lot of these elements from Watchmen that I enjoyed into a unique whole, and I think it was greater than some of its parts. I think it added a lot of things to its mythos. I like the way it like kind of played with some things. I think some things were a little over the top, but overall, I thought it was an enjoyable watch with a lot of interesting, a very strong performance from Regina King, like iconic like stunning fantastic roles and some really standout fantastic episodes and also making a majority of americans have to google the tulsa race riots <laughs> or massacre okay. honestly but, but yeah I, I really enjoyed it and yep. even and i've gotten a lot of people watching and enjoy it too that's what i could thought okay okay uh elliot um so again like first things first credits where credit is due um i appreciate lindelof's intent um you know he did go out he got a very diverse writer's room um he did you know bring the tulsa massacre into like the broader public consciousness which is great um 
what gets me is that after like I guess the first three episodes, the actual like premise that it was marketed on, which is you, you know racism in the police force, um, it kind of gets like pushed very much to the wayside in favor of like fucking Vite uh, for whatever reason, and also. Um, you know, scary, ominous Asian businesswoman, which definitely isn't a racist trope straight from the fucking 80s. Um, and it just kind of falls apart really fast. Um, God, I, there's so many things that I can just... So I do... Let's, let's leave start. it there and okay, we'll yeah. back, say... So I will say, like the most, the strongest, most like uh, truly, I think, transgressive and impressive parts that I think are most valuable are easily the opening episodes, the up to the basic of the scene where you get the flashback of his story. I think changing the activist, which I think was very bold, was the idea of changing the superhero thing from being very much a white fulfillment fantasy as portrayed through Pollock, um, through like you know behind the mask. I like the idea of making the guy, uh, what is it called, a hooded justice in a very clever way, taking care of the way I think in the comics was Russian or implied to be Russian or something like that. And he was just a wrestler. He instead was making implied it in, to be an East German wrestler. Exactly. And instead making it a way for, to, for uh, them to fight back, uh, for him to fight back against the injustices he saw as a black man in the United States and kind of putting black trauma at the core of this universe's like beginning of uh superheroes i thought was like really good now i don't think it pays off on her character enough i think that there's a lot of elements where like she like once she finds that out and like regina king sells that harrowing like reaction shot when she comes through from taking the nostalgia it doesn't it does start like you say lean into the fight a lot it's kind of it gets very silly comic booky at the end in comparison to like kind of the more grounded like a aggressive stuff um I don't, but to defend the way that you did say, I don't mind the turn of her as the villain. Um, I definitely, I don't think she's as bad as like Fu Manchu or anything like that. Or like the 50s era stuff you're referencing. Um, Elliot? Uh, I think it is inarguably extraordinarily racist to take a Vietnamese woman and position her as the bad guy over the literal KKK. Um, especially when her stated goals throughout the entire show, her stated goals are literally just end racism, stop world hunger, et cetera, et cetera. And now, of course, like, fuck billionaires. Um, but we are really aren't given a reason to mistrust her other than, like, Vite saying, dude, trust me. Um, and the show itself kind of saying, dude, trust me. I, I, I know I'm the moderator and I shouldn't intervene, but I also just want to say, remember what happened the last time Vite said, dude, trust me? And, you know, here's the thing. Sorry. I'm sorry. But here's the thing. Lindelof has said in interviews that he agrees with Vite pressing the button, It's essentially. So I feel well, like that adds some context. 
That's fair. And again, what a creator intends, which is what is presented, I think is an interesting thing. I don't think the show, even if he intends it, I didn't get that from the show that that was right. Because in the end, they do try to arrest fight. I don't necessarily, it comes, again, it again is the, it is refocusing more on the superhero antics more than maybe like the race stuff they were actually going to do. But I thought that like not letting him get away was like kind of a rebuke of the end of Watchmen. I, I think that as a rebuke, it is an extremely limp dicked rebuke um especially because he quite literally does save the day um by um again murdering a vietnamese woman whose only stated goal is end racism i but i mean i but the thing is like she that was her stated goal but like as with all the characters in watchmen and especially the tv show and the comic i would argue that they're both even though they they both might have very broad goals one of the things both of them i think does very well is often for example like if for example with her she does want to end racism, but she she like falls to her own sense of like self superiority and like her own complexes. And like each character, both in the book and the series, even though they might be on like a good or bad side, the nuances of their characterization is what makes these characters so compelling. I definitely they- think at all the characters, she definitely gets the least. But I do, I don't think it necessarily is as simple as you're portraying it. I mean, I, I think again, obviously, the show, you know is is definitely like oh she's got ulterior motives oh she's going to do something bad with this power probably um it's not subtle with I, like oh by the way i am a random rich billionaire that has an interest in making a giant evil tower in the middle of your city i mean just giant tower in the middle of your city i will not come around to be the bad guy i swear well, <laughs> it's, it's very on the nose but the thing is that about that is like like besides like oh these like ominous cues what 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 does she want to do like we never i never see anything that she like actively wants to do like anything actively bad that she wants to do besides like um i guess maybe killing manhattan is bad um, i also just want to throw in that i feel like the tropes of you know this character is bad because they're building big evil tower in town. I, I feel like those are the kinds of tropes that this story should be working to deconstruct and analyze. Also, I just want to bring up that another element that really has struck me as weird to making this Vietnamese woman the villain is that it sort of ties into this really weird like negative portrayal of the Vietnamese freedom fighters in the story. See, I didn't get that at all. Like, so hey, I, I would... I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Zach. But no, no, good, I, good. Um, they directly intercut a shot of that Vietnamese freedom fighter. Um, with the Tulsa, you know, massacre. Um, yeah. like a shot of one of the white supremacists from the Tulsa massacre. It's so it's clear what they're trying to imply. I don't know. I don't think, to me, when I see things like that, I think it's the intention of just like in the Watchmen, the book is like ambiguity and trying to introduce ambiguity to like simple. That's a shitty, shitty way of introducing. Ambiguity. I'm not. I'm not. Well, because for me, like the ambiguity is obviously because I mean, like for me, the ambiguity is obviously because I, I like the idea, like all the little 
I do want to think there's something we can both here. Like, oh, um, world design elements are really well done. Mix in town, the cars being battery powered, um, the the way in which technology, I thought that was clever. Like, I like how they did all those elements. But particularly the one where they go about, like, occupying Vietnam and the difficulty of that. To me, it's a continuation idea. Even if we had won Vietnam, it wouldn't have actually been a success. It still would have had these, like, wars, these fights. I like the way they incorporated, like, the idea that Vietnamese food has become more of a culture element there. But as far as, like, I don't think, how, how do you think they could have done it different? Do you think they should have done a peaceful, happy Vietnam? No, 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 that's inter- not my complaint. My complaint yeah. is that they have the Vietnamese freedom fighter, um, her memory of the Vietnamese freedom, freedom fighter, and they go from a shot of that to a shot of a white supremacist doing white supremacy in Tulsa, which is a direct, like, drawing a direct paramel- parallel between a white supremacist doing, you know, hate crimes to... Wasn't that after she was on Nostalgia? Like, so I feel like, I mean, again, I guess thematically it it could be parallels, but for me it made character sense because she was, like, dealing with, like... I mean, but... Trying the parallels. Like, you have to, like, look at the uh, quote-unquote text, not only from, like, within the text, but also, like, from without the text. Like, Mm -hmm. they're still... They are still very... I mean, I can't imagine that it isn't intentional to draw a parallel between a white supremacist doing hate crimes and a Vietnamese freedom fighter trying to, you know, doing freedom fighting. Yeah, yeah, get rid of the imperialism on their country. Yeah. There's no reason, in my opinion, because that wasn't happening while she was on the nostalgia. To um, oh, was it? It was just a flashback in the episode. Yeah, there's no okay. reason to splice those two together. You know, okay. There's absolutely no reason other than to make this implication. But I just want to pause for a moment, and I want to take questions from the audience, namely Mike and Cass, who I or I don't want to leave out of this conversation. So, hi guys, your thoughts on this as your gracious moderator. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I suppose um, I'm going to mute for a second. Cars. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? I only heard the first I part. I suppose I'm going to mute for a sec. <laughs> uh, Cast desperately wants out of this. <laughs> well, I can, I, can, I can say things, I guess. Uh, so from what I watched, like a breakdown of like some of the overall themes of the story so i'm only i'm only kind of getting like the broad bits and pieces uh i don't remember her name the vietnamese woman who is ostensibly she is um portrayed in this as like the daughter to uh ozzie mandeus right yeah yeah it it indulges in the well well because he did a colonialism we don't need to get into it Okay, sorry, yeah. I, I didn't mind that touch. <laughs> um, so my thing is that, like, it's supposed to be ambiguous whether or not she is, like, a bad guy, quote-unquote, in the series, because we're kind of viewing it from Ozzy's... I don't remember his character's name. Right. No, that's what Adrian I think. I think I, perspective. I think the show ends on a lot of ambiguity, and I, I agree with you on that. Like that, I think a lot of aspects of it are ambiguous, which I would argue. So is the Watchmen. 
but, but anyway, also sorry. if it's like kind of breaks down the way Elliot is like portraying it, yeah, this does sound kind of I I feel like there is a very important like there's a threshold for when ever someone holds water for white supremacists, even if it is in like the basis sense, you completely lose any fucking sympathy or like uh high ground for me. There is like a like as soon as you put white supremacy as like somehow negotiable, it's not, and it's not going to be. <laughs> That's that was also kind of like my major problem. Like I've been getting into a lot of like Kanye West recently, just because Abby has been talking to me incessantly about it, and I've been watching dissect, and it's like it's so hard for me to reconcile with like how good of an artist he is when he has just completely gone off the deep end like in a sense of i really cannot allow myself to be okay with this person anymore specifically because of the politics involved no it's a very um, good it's a very modern and honest dialogue to have with both the work and its artist and how their value or how you value their work can both be affected and destroyed by the creator. Uh, Cass? Um, I don't think I really have any comments here. I mean, I am sort of following. I, to clarify, I watched most of the show. I think I stopped watching like two episodes from the end, which was probably dumb. I should have watched it all the way through, so I would know what you guys are talking about most of the way, but I also just have a really terrible memory, but I did read the Wikipedia plot summary, um, which has been incredibly unhelpful for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of the visual motifs don't exactly translate. Yeah, they don't, they're hard to write in. <laughs> have you tried Watchmenopedia? Yeah, I really should have. Oh, <laughs> God. Is there one? I'm assuming there would be. I, there probably is. I don't yes, know. there I mean, is a there is a fandom.com Watchmen page. Please do not go on it. Yeah, isn't there like a lot of like oh, subtextual God. stuff that is like included specifically on the internet for this show? Yeah. I remember hearing about that. There's like supplemental material like they do in the comic, except they don't like put it I, at I the end know. of the show. Um, they put it like on a different website. It's um, pretty great. Nobody fucking read it because it was I did. like is that back Reddit because um it's cool. It it adds it's like things they would release and it's like on a in like the website is set up to be kind of an in universe style where it's like a very old fashioned style website because the idea is like in the past. And they're all yeah. done from the perspective of Petey, uh who in like through the and kind of like in the comics you kind of learn or get like a learn more about like who's who. Uh in the uh these oh right the, it's called like the pd files or pd, yeah, the files, PD files. Yeah. that was it yeah and eventually after you read all these it's revealed that like pd was lupin which i thought was a cute little thing because it's not relevant i think to really delve into what he was i liked how he kind of was in and let out uh but i like how there's a little why you put him in the show because did you see him slide into that uh he's lupin he's great you don't like Lube Man? Here Lube we go Man on the great. Lube Man discourse. <laughs> I, I thought Lube Man was great. I think if you're going to Lube put Man. a whole scene in your show, you what? need to justify it somehow and okay. not just go to the next scene. Like, who fucking cares about and Lube Man? Wait, and this is I where I that. my expertise can come in, right? Uh -oh. Because, like, I 
I think that I, Elliot has like you know Elliot's got the fucking encyclopedic knowledge of watch of Watchmen. <laughs> but I have been following Damon Lindelof for a while, right? I fucking Ew. watched all of Lost. Okay, God, oh, I have been critiqued. Yeah. Well, I, I watched it while it was coming out. It's not like oh, I went okay. back and like I chose. Okay. Oh, so you got angry as you watched it. Ah. So, like Lindelof is fucking infuriating as a director for shit exactly like that. It's the whole fucking J.J. Abrams mystery box shit, which I hate. It's not as bad as Abrams, though. That's it, not it, fair. It, it, it's, it, but it's the same school where, you know, you just put the shit in and then you, you, you figure it out later. And Lube Man is just like Hurley Bird from Lost where they put it in there, just here's a mystery. Get, get, get involved and we'll maybe explain it later. I hate that. As a- I, I didn't mind it so much because of me, it was kind of like an homage to like the comics and how they kind of, a lot of supplemental detail and like you could kind of figure out a lot of additional facts about the plot if you read the supplemental details in between. And to me, like it might it might have been a little haphazard, but I think as far as an idea of like, you know, giving a big payoff to that mystery through the supplemental material, I thought was really good. It also did a good job of like, you know, giving a lot of additional context and like, a texture to its world in the same way that the interstitials between the chapters of Watchmen did. But I, but I enjoyed them. Here's I, I know though. I mean, right? I I don't care about the sub supplemental material. Like, um, you can right, I you can take or leave that. Yeah, you skip the supplemental. I skip Alan the supplemental. Moore, Alan like, Moore wrote pages of overly long text. No, 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 no. I did not skip it in the comic. Okay, okay, okay. God forbid. Um, yeah, <laughs> so much is in those. But yeah. the difference is, is that that supplemental material, it's just on the next page of the story, right? And they also don't do any lube mans in the comic. I'm just and saying. it, it also like, re- I mean, I, I mean, they have a lot of. I'm like, not going to speak for the PD files because I never read them, but it did. really enhances your understanding of the comic. But for the PD files, it's not really a part of the show. You have to go to a completely different website to access it. And to me, no, it's it's not the same because everything that you should like need to really get the most out of the text. It should be there in the text. It shouldn't be separate. Yeah. I would say m- most of it is. I would say, especially in comparison to the book, because I, I think this is a medium difference where they're actually being like, because like the PD files just add, they don't like overall change, except for finding out that PD is lube man. Like that's the only thing that where it's like a relevant thing. But as far as like giving a lot of context and like a lot of texture, like they, their one is like the FBI files about uh, telling people how to be prepared and responsible. You're going to be the first people to try out this new technology called computers so make sure you don't do anything bad or awful because that kind of they that's a kind of a lot of ludditeism in the uh, which you don't because it's one of those things you don't need to like explain you can just see it in the world so it's one of those things where like i don't think it's as necessary as it was in the comics for the story to work but i think it's a light uh, it's a nice touch i'd rather it be there than not well i mean the supplemental material like existing is the Abs- it doesn't even like register on my list of problems with the show you know, because no. I- I'm just bringing it up because we're talking about it and we're talking about the you know Damon Lindelof. Um, yeah. anyway, I was, I've heard Leftovers season two is the Leftovers is good, but I haven't watched it yet. Um, so uh, with that, I think it's probably a good time to loop around and start talking about this 
cider. I guess it's not a beer. We can't really say it's a beer. Do we have to? I want to keep talking about this fucking show. <laughs> okay, this let's be fun. honest. Next okay, time okay, okay. we let's, meet, let's, let's time have, we meet wait, this is going to be our go-to urtext for our relationship probably for the next couple of years. Let's just be honest. It's going to uh, always yeah. come back to this. Let, let, we had that discussion have already. Statements. Let's we, have final statements, okay? And then we'll we'll loop back around because we're, okay. we're we got to have like the last 10 Bonus. minutes. For, okay, okay, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, can we just have like a bonus seven-hour-long episode? Just ranting about the Watchmen. Yeah, we'd have a Watchmen spinoff show. It'd be great. Let's let's just uh, let's, let's. Why would someone movie. watch Watchmen? So I'll. I'll Dude's watching the Watchmen. Watch the Watchmen HBO and book. Zach. <laughs> That's a little uh, bit sketchy. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I would say my overall, like, just in sale, I really enjoyed the show. Um, I think as far when it, it, it's always difficult to adapt something that is once like a lighting in a bottle, like Watchmen was. Um, nothing is going to compete with it being uh, for where, when it came out, what it meant. Um, but as far as using the elements of Watchmen to make a kind of point to incite, like, conversation to, like, do something interesting, I feel like the show succeeded more than it failed. Uh, and... At the very like at the very least, I think it's a worthwhile addition and has enough worthwhile scenes and action and like and uh, um, acting in it that like validates it from being an enjoyable watch. I think it was a really well done show, works and all, uh, giant giant dildos and all. Um, Elliot, why did you bring up the dildo? I know I I did that because oh. I knew you couldn't I knew you couldn't oh resist. God. That's why. Oh my god! Now, now try oh to do god. your concluding statements without bringing it up. Do it. Um, we get along so well. <laughs> uh, uh, my closing statement. Um, this show is, I think, you know, I will give it that it is very technically well made. Um, it is a. That being said, it is a steaming hot pile of ne neoliberal garbage. Um, uh, Lindelof, why on earth did you take DC's blood money for this? Um, uh, just um, thematically, you fucked it up, bro. You fucked it up. You made a shitty fan fiction. Um, I'm so sorry to everybody who worked on this show. You did you did great, except for Lindelof. Um, that's it. I just want to say, as a aside, as the impartial as, as the well, impartial as, mediator, as, as an unrelated <laughs> aside, I just want to say, it, and this is unrelated. Uh -huh. Shout out to Rance. You know, <laughs> you know what you did. <laughs> good job, Rance. Yeah, uh, good job, Rance. Um, and I just want to also say that now that I've said that, I feel like I've like crossed some kind of forbidden threshold because Rance <laughs> is one of Elliot's friends, and I feel like Rance is like the person who I have like Elliot has specifically kept me away from interacting with. So I feel like I'm crossing a forbidden. I don't threshold. know this Rance. I have no, not had the pleasure of meeting. What would um, you say? You, you, you would kill each other. Oh, we, we would get along that well? Um, oh, Zach, honey. Um, <laughs> I thought you were talking about me. We get along oh, I am. I am. I was directly talking about you. Um, they would murder each other? Why? Uh, uh, They're very similar in a lot of very frightening ways to me. Um, would it be hot if they made out? Like making out with yourself. 
I don't think I don't we're that similar. I think that we're pretty diametric. From what I understand, we're pretty diametrically opposed on some philosophical values. Like, is he a fascist and you're... No. Oh, my God. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no. I was trying to think of the most extreme version of Nathaniel. And I'm like, no, so like I think, politically I think the opposite I, of fascist? I think it's just the Channer-Tumblr divide. Yeah, it is the Channer-Tumblr divide. <laughs> oh, God. Exactly Neither of the things are something to be proud of. Um, anyway, but they both talk- say it with a lot of pride. That's what let's, makes it a problem. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about this drink. I'm on my um, fourth. Holy so, fuck. damn, Zach, I, you I, just I, fucking I, destroy these. I love Angry Orchard. I... Hi, this is Nathan, um, host of Maoism Inch. We had an audio issue at this point, and we lost some uh, some recorded time, but we didn't lose that much. Um, so just to uh, bridge the gap in post, uh, basically we just talk about how much we like Angry Orchard, and I say that this is good and that I could drink a lot of it, and then um, Mike begins his review. There we go. Okay. There we go. Now, now start over where you were. Um, so, the side. Uh, I remember not enjoying Angry Orchard the first time that I've had it, but it's possible that being introduced to other beers and stuff that tastes significantly worse than this has skewed my... Uh, what is worse than this? Uh, like, literally every beer-flavored beer that we've had so far. Jeez. I heard you guys, the last one was, you guys had a, uh, was it Budweiser? Yes, but that was, that was, uh, that was my pick because it was supposed to be in honor of my mom because that was her favorite beer. Oh, wow. It was just very mediocre, though. Uh, um, but, um, oh, yeah. Uh, to say this, that uh, drinking this for this podcast this is the first beer that I've drunken more than a single serving of, which is... Uh, I think is going to be a rare thing going forward. Big news. Um, Big news. What's your thoughts, Kath? My thoughts? Um, okay, well, I hate to... I'm going to fucking pull the gatekeeping card again. Uh, this is not a beer. Yeah, it's a cider. It's not a beer. And I'm sorry that... It hurt. Well, it's not a beer. It's a cider. And that's completely yeah, different. It's not a beer. Completely different thing. We might as well start reviewing like liquor on this sh- podcast. Why are you saying that like it's a bad idea? You said that like it wasn't a good this idea. A beer review podcast. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> what if you? Yeah, exactly. So we can use that wiggle room to do. You could use that wiggle to do dang near anything. We can is, drink whatever we want. But if you ask me to put this on a beer tier list, I will put it in the tier of in, not a beer. Is it well, not beer adjacent, though? No, it's not going on the beer. Well, we're going to get to that when we talk about the tier list. Zach, what are your thoughts? I, did, I have a lot of deep... Oh. Sorry, varied... sorry. I, 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 I did cut off, Cass. Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, I didn't actually give my opinion. I actually do think it tastes good. It just straight up tastes like apple juice. I have the green apple one. I'm actually not a big fan of, like, apple juice in general, but, like... Get out. I, I don't know. I just have like bad memories of apple juice, but in terms of like drinking, uh, when I was a child, there were several times that I'd have 
like I had apple juice and I like poured it and there was just there was just like shit floating around like an ant or like a finger or something. Uh that just sounds traumatizing. It's colored so, my taste. But I'm like I still think it tastes fine. Like I'll drink it. Like, I used to have like Cheetos, like what is those called? The sour cream and onion um chips and uh then i got like food poisoning from going to cracker barrel and now i can't eat them anymore because that's when my food poisoning hit i was eating those oh, yeah, oh that sucks. jesus that traumatized me from them anyway, anyway. go ahead everybody else what are your thoughts Zach? so i have a lot of attachment to things i i i was a straight edge when it came to drinking i didn't have any alcohol until i was 21 because i was just like that and when I first became 21, I was in Asheville where every other person is a microbrewer and everyone, every other person is like, you got to try this quadruple IPA. Oh. Um, I do not. Yeah. I did not like bitter. To, I don't like coffee in general. So then like when you try to like give me triple IPA and I'm just like, nope, didn't like it. So my reprieve was that Angry Orchard was always there to save me. And I love Angry Orchard. I feel like it's not as sweet as a lot of the other ones. I think it's the smoothest flavor. Uh, I love Angry Orchard. Fanboy, for sure. Um, Elliot? Um, yeah, so this is the first time that I've ever um, had, like, any cider. Um, and uh, not only did I drink one full bottle, I also drank a second full bottle. And when this, <sighs> when we're finished recording, I'm probably going to go get a third. Um so, yeah, I think that says all of it. It's fucking good. So, going back to the tier list, the tier I'm going to have to put it in is cider, right? Because it's not a beer. Yeah. It goes into cider tier. But if we're going to have a, like, si- a little, like, tiny, like, asterisk cider tier list on the side, I'm going to put Angry Orchard in it. Because it's, it's, it's just a good cider you know where would you put it on like a flavor tier list compared with the beers that we've been drinking a flavor tier list yeah yeah i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna put it uh i'm gonna give it an a um it it it, it's it's gonna go up there i think the only thing that's going to be up there in terms of a flavor tier list with it would be uh, I'll put White Claw up there. Also, not a beer. The only beer that comes that close is the Champagne of Beer, Miller High Life. I fucking love Miller High Life. Um, I think I've never had it. So, yeah. uh, Mike, what's what's uh-oh, your uh-oh. Uh, Well, if I had to put this on our casual alcoholic drink tier list, <laughs> there you go. Catchy name. Catchy <laughs> name. Um, with White Claw, I could like it. Just basically tasted like a like an alcoholic hard seltzer. I'm not big into hard seltzer, but it was still very like good to drink. This one, I just don't even taste the alcohol very much, and it is just like a good, like slightly carbonated apple juice, which I am just like, this is just a good goddamn drink. Which is more than I've been afforded by any of the other fucking beers on this tier list. LMAO. Uh, um, is it though? So it I will. Though? I will. Oh, yes, I will put. I will. Uh, I will put this in at least a tier. I'm thinking about putting it in an S tier. Ooh, oh, ooh. Spicy. it's uh, good. Cast. 
All right, from a purely taste standpoint, I kind of agree. I couldn't taste the alcohol either. So it's almost, if I didn't know as alcohol, it's almost just like a refreshing drink that I would drink after a long uh, day at the gym doing leg pulls. Works. Works. Work on um, the legs. Exercise. Hey. So I would put this in, I was going to say high B, but I'll say low A. And I'm surely going to regret this later. But I didn't give it. a tier. I'd say S if I have any input. Let's put it in that barrier to entry into A tier. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, I'm um, leaning towards S as well, just because like I do not think a lot of other stuff is going to be as like just genuinely enjoyable as this. Um, Elliot. Um, this is. Uh, I think this is a T for terrific, or um, F tier for fucking good. <laughs> yeah, or also possibly an F tier for fucking good. Um, <laughs> I I think with all of that, I think it rounds out to high A, um, which I'm comfortable with. I think that is that a you scientific know, it, assessment, or are you just like estimating? I, I'm estimating the average here, right? Like we have a couple of S's, we have a couple of A's. I think it rounds out to high A. Right. Like, so, and I think that it, it's well warranted for that. I like it a lot. Um, so I think that because this fucking made it to A tier, I can like say like, this is Maoism Amensh approved. Go out and fucking buy Angry Orchard. Taste Please. Great. It's good. Don't call it a beer. It's not a beer. <laughs> yeah, don't call casual it a beer. alcoholic drink tier. Casuals. Uh, don't so, watch HBO Watchmen. With that, <laughs> watch this be a watchman. Give it a Don't. chance. It's a great I'll show. I'll do it. It's race. It's race. It's race. Wow. And for your I'm not done recording yet. We don't have to do all of our shout outs that fast. Okay. okay. Oh, sorry. They were Next made week, though. Abby comes back and we finally review Abby's drink of choice, Foster's, which is Australian for beer. Um, is it though? I don't fucking know. Uh, it's Who not cares? even the most popular beer in Australia. Um, it is. So, with that, uh, you know, this was Mao was a mensch, uh, Reed Chainsaw Man, and we hope that you learned something, even if it wasn't what you wanted to learn. Yeah, uh, Mr. Cronenberg, I, I hope that I have redeemed myself in your eyes. <laughs> and I shouted out, I was talking about Dissect earlier in the show, so I don't have to shout it out now. <laughs>